Hey there, and welcome to another episode of MT Talks. It's been a minute since my last podcast, and I've been meaning to get back on the mic, but uh, just been busy. And I have been writing, but I felt this episode needed to be spoken. Before we get into this, uh, you're, you're listening to the music of Zach Falls, a track called Dogs from his album Cologne. Please check him out at www.zachfalls.com. He's a very good guy and an extremely talented musician. So today's episode, I'm going to call Big Daddy Shotgun. Big Daddy is what we called our grandfather. His name was Darnell Dinsmore. My mom recently handed to me Big Daddy's Shotgun. I collect a number of items from my grandparents and other relatives. And as a historian of African-American history, it, it gives me some insight and some vision uh, into what uh, they were going through during the times that they grew up in the South. And so by collecting these things, I can recollect conversations I had with them and with my mom and uh, try to insert myself back into the time when, when they were growing up and when they were living in that, in that era. The shotgun is no doubt old. It's vintage. It's a um, 16 gauge for whatever that's worth for, for you. But I was instantly drawn to it and, and proud that uh, my mom had trusted me uh, to be the keeper of the, that family heirloom. What's interesting are the letters on the stock of the gun. The letters KKK are etched in the stock. And I've stared at it quite a bit, but can only imagine why or how it got there. In researching our family tree, I discovered that my grandfather was born in Cumming, Georgia, Forsyth County, in 1902. And if you've read any history or, or um, understood Forsyth County, um, there was an incident in 1912 uh, that uh, is told, the story is told in a, a book called Blood at the Root by Patrick Phillips. And essentially, it was an incident in 1912 that um, caused the whites in Forsyth County to drive out all of the African-Americans in the area, uh, run them out uh, by gun, by threats, by any means uh, that they had at the time. So it's interesting to me because uh, if he was born in 1902, um, I'm not sure, uh, but I do know there has to be some connections in what happened in 1912 as far as my grandparents' uh, living there and my grandfather growing up there. Um, I can only imagine, uh, but it does explain um, how he got to Marietta because when that uh, racial or ethnic cleansing in Forsyth County occurred, um, many of the blacks in the area moved to nearby, whether it was Gainesville or Marietta, um, some moved to Atlanta, but moved all around outside of Forsyth County. So I'm assuming that's how he ended up in Marietta, I can, but I can only make that assumption. 
Um, I remember him as a very quiet man. Um, I don't remember specific conversations with him, but I do recall he would always give us, my sisters and I, either $5 or $10. And at that time, even now, I mean, that's a lot of money, but he would always hand out money to us. And in addition to the home he owned with my grandmother, I found out he also owned housing in Marietta, Georgia. I didn't realize that until, again, teaching a class on African-American history in Marietta in the 1930s when uh, the Federal Housing Authority um, extended uh, loans to local cities to clean up certain areas in the town. Um, my grandfather owned a, a number of um, tenements uh, in Marietta that he sold to Marietta or the Marietta Housing Authority to build uh, new housing and projects under uh, President Roosevelt. I think it's a New Deal initiative. So that was interesting to me that um, he owned um, a very popular street in uh, African-American history in Marietta, um, dwellings there. He also owned a house uh, with my grandmother, and he owned property, um, which showed he purchased in the late 1920s. It was there where I spent most of the time on his farm, uh, where uh, his Aunt Laura lived, and Aunt Laura never said uh, a word that I remember. Uh, she was born in 1876. Uh, you know, she smoked a pipe. Um, she was very old, but she always sat on the porch while um, my grandfather went and, and uh, tended to the farm. I remember the farm. I remember a well where we drew water. I remember an outhouse. Uh, he had a mule called Frank. And he had a tractor. He grew vegetables that people purchased from him, and he also had hogs and chickens. I also remember he uh, collected cardboard boxes in this truck where he would tightly bound them, um, and I guess for recycling purposes even then. I was told he owned a motorcycle, but I never did see it, but I just heard funny stories that my grandmom told about it. I know he worked at uh, Bromby Chair Factory in Marietta and also uh, Marietta Daily Journal. Uh, I have fond memories of my, my bit mama, my grandmother, cooking him lunch every day and bringing it to him uh, at the back of the Marietta Daily Journal building by the railroad tracks. Um, he was always working. I do know that. Um, he never, I never saw him sit or take a break. He was just always moving. Uh, but he was a very respected man, uh, obviously, in Marietta f and to own property and also have relationships with uh some of the, uh, like the mayor of Marietta uh, at the time, Brumby, and uh, his brother who owned a Brumby um, chair factory. So he was definitely a very, a very uh, respected and uh, diligent worker. And so uh, I do love reading stories about that. And it tells me what type of man he was, uh, that he attained so much at a, at a tough time. I try to imagine his childhood growing up in Forsyth County. And if he was a witness to what happened in 1912, um, it had to have been a, a tough time. Uh, in, in addition to uh, the blacks being run out of Forsyth County, there were um, lynchings and uh, killings as well. Um, so it, it does make me wonder what, what he experienced, what he saw. Um, and, and I try to relate it back to the etching on the stock of his shotgun of KKK because I'm, I'm, I'm fully aware that he knew of them uh, from a young age and probably knew of them uh, as, an, as an older um, 
person uh, living in in the uh, in the South. So that's always been something of interest to me. But um, it's a uh, it's something I'm proud of. He owned property that my my mom just recently uh, sold, um, which just said a lot. Um, we don't hear those stories uh, too often. While doing research on the genealogy, one thing I did notice about my grandfather and his siblings um, that was noted in the 1920s, 1930s, 1940s census is that uh, they were able to read and write. So that means that they had some form of education. And so um, it's good to know and it's good to see uh, that that was always something that was important to them as speaking with my grandmother and my and my aunts and uncles and uh, my mom. And uh, I could sense some of that and feel some of that uh, in me. I wish I had known him a little bit more. He passed uh, away in 1969. And so uh, I do remember uh, uh, fond memories of him and just from conversations. So the story um, is something that uh, I've learned uh, throughout time about him and just recently with the receiving his shotgun and and doing some more research it just made him even more interesting person to me and uh i hope that you find him just as interesting as well and um please uh maybe take a look into patrick phillips uh, blood at the root um, which explains some of the uh activities that uh, went on in Forsyth County during 1912 and uh, that actually that county stayed that way until uh recently in the what late teen, 1980s late uh, 1990s um to where uh, there are now African Americans living there and it's a, a really nice city and town um regardless of its uh its its history so that's all I have for today I'm going to let Zach take us out until another time and i hope you enjoyed this episode of mt talks big daddy shotgun talk to you later